Hello and uh, a very warm welcome to this TLT and Cornwall Insight podcast series where we'll be focusing on the exciting rollout of electric vehicle charging infrastructure. We're thrilled to be joined by one of the contributors to the report, James McKeamy, who is head of Insights at Podpoint. Um, we're going to be talking to James about the market drivers that will enable the funding, development and ultimately the rollout of the necessary infrastructure needed for charging electric vehicles. Um, yeah, first of all, thank you very much indeed for, for inviting me on your podcast, Emma. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, yeah, as you rightly said, I'm, I'm uh, my job title is Head of Insights at Podpoint, and I've served um, myself in February 2011. So I'm, uh, I'll be coming up, I guess, on 11 years in February, something like that. So hopefully learned a couple of things about charging infrastructure in that time. <laughs> That's fantastic. No, thanks very much. So, so the first question we'll, we'll go into, James, is... It's around the development of charging infrastructure and the trends over the last 12 to 18 months or so. So what, what in your view, has been the drivers of that that growth? Yeah, I mean, uh, forgive the pun, but it's the drivers. It's the sheer volume of of electric vehicles coming to market. And that really changes everything. And I I just mentioned that I I worked in this industry for for a decade. and, And we have been here since before there were cars, right? Um, we, we sold lots of the to the public sector at that time. Um, the, the actual demand for charging was was negligible to, to non-existent. Um, my goodness, it's a lot more exciting when the cars come along. Actually, the transition between those two can be quite challenging for your for your sort of prototype stuff. Um, but the more cars on the road, the more viable all the uh, charging infrastructure rollout becomes, the more it gets utilised, the more that's required, and, and demand just goes through the roof. So this. Well, we'll probably come to this, but there's lots of different elements of charging infrastructure. We, we talk about the charging ecosystem, so you know, home, work, destination, um, en route. Um, things like home tend to get fulfilled at the point people buy a car. Um, and to an that's the busiest market really at the moment. But if you've got something like en route, that typically involves an investment which is ahead, needs to be kind of ahead of demand um, to encourage further uptake as well. Um, Clearly, as, as more cars come to market, the home charging uh, market will boom because that's one of the first things you do if you have off street parking, you, you, you secure a home charge installation for that. Uh, but of course, the sheer volume of cars on the road means that the um, the public network and, and, and things like on routes, etc., um, start to become viable because the, they start to get utilized at a, at a high level. So um, yeah, the real core driver behind the, the growth of the market over the last 12 to 18 months, and, and really, I guess, even going back a little bit further, um, it, is the sheer number of cars we're now starting to see uh, come to market. That's great. Um, and, and one of the interesting uh, questions as to Podpoint, really, is the focus on destination charging. Um, you know, it, that market segment at the moment is viewed as a, a nascent market relative to other segments, so rapid, home, fleet. So what, in your view, are the opportunities and the risks? Yeah, indeed. I guess, you know, Podpoint does, to some extent, focus on on, on destination. I, uh, as I say, I think our busiest channel is is, is home charging. Um, just that's a, you know, a, a, a very significant volume of, of home charging going in. Workplace charging has a slightly similar element to it. There is an element of trying to keep ahead of demand there, but um, the arrival of vehicles into, into company fleets tends to make uh, that requirement real. And, and, and so there can be a, a sort of a crossover between home and work in, in that regard. Um, I, I think the you mentioned rapid and, and these categorizations are a little bit tricky in terms of the semantics, but mo- uh, 
perhaps uh, rapid in terms of really high power charging tends we tend to categorize more in on route i think that that's still somewhat nascent um in in terms of um in terms of the market in terms of the amount of infrastructure out there i think the thing that's interesting in in destination is um and, and i think your question alluded to this is is the um mix of incentives as to why someone might want to put in charging infrastructure into into their into their destination site um and some of those can be quite clear um so uh, obviously we we have a high profile rollout with tesco um tesco is a fantastic destination and, and to be clear I, I like to define a destination as somewhere you were going to go anyway and and, and tesco is a great example of that you may well choose to chop to shop at tesco because they will charge your car somewhat while you are there but you are going to Tesco to shop. So it's about arranging the charging infrastructure that naturally fits your, your patterns at the kind of destinations you use. So, so why would Tesco want to do that? Why would they want to offer that facility? Well, um, they want to attract customers to their store. They want to make their store as appealing as it can be. Tesco also, if you talk to them, have, have strong ambitions about uh, net zero. They're, they are you know, really driving for the sustainability agenda as well. But there's a clear incentive to offer charging infrastructure. People come to your store because you offer it. It's a service, a really, really nice to, nice to have, and, and it, it helps them um, attract and retain uh, more customers. Once you get to scale with a, with a customer like Tesco, then um, there's some complexity about how you address a rollout at that scale. And that's where uh, business, model can, can be, uh, business models can, can evolve and adapt. Uh, but that's a, that's a pretty pure play. Then, then you have some other destinations where perhaps it becomes less clear why you might want to offer destination charging. Um, just off the top of my head at the moment, um, we have a bit of a rollout with some uh, rail companies in, into their facilities. Why is this in their interest to, to charge the cars of customers? Well, there are various reasons for that. Um, indeed, their own sustainability objectives may well be one of those. But it is a somewhat different um, incentive as it were um and destination is is very broad you know we, we talk at pod point about looking to put a pod point everywhere you park um that is by definition a very significantly uh, a significant mission in terms of its scale and all the different types of places you park uh, the vast majority of or, uh, vast proportion at least of those could be deemed destinations and it's trying to I guess, marry up the incentives. You know, why do you want to get charging infrastructure? How can we make charging infrastructure viable for you uh, in, in the context of, 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 of your destination site? And they talk about destination charging not being a service, but being an amenity. Um, it will become something that is effectively expected as a facility that you would provide for your customers. Um, and we shall see. We shall see how it proceeds. But um, I think... It will, We'll, we'll see what happens, but there's certain certain um, hosts, as we call them, who who make their charging infrastructure free to use, and indeed the majority of PodPoint network is is currently free to use on that basis because people use it, I guess, as a bit of a loss leader to to get people to their sites. And and some people say to me, well, that will never last, right? No one no one's ever going to be handing out this electricity free forever. Um, but I say, well, no, that very much depends on the business model, right? You know, the, and, and it, it, if you view charging infrastructure in certain applications as an amenity that you know, people expect to see when they go to the site, they may well remain free for, for, for quite an extended period, if not if not forever. The, the really important thing, and uh, as we talked about, is 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 the business model. What are the incentive structures, et cetera? You know, and, and, and different hosts have different uh, 
different incentive structures. I think that's a really, really good point. And I think over time we will see business models evolve um, with, within these different segments as well. I mean, given that, in your view, how do you think it will play out Look at, looking ahead? How do you think different market segments will, will, will play out, destination included? Well, that is an extraordinarily broad question. I think we'll have a lot more charging infrastructure going. Um, I, I think that's, uh, that's, that's a given. Um, I, I uh, am often amused when, when people put it to us that a real burden on the uptake of electric vehicles is the availability of charging infrastructure. And so we have to just remind them who they're talking to. You know, if you're, if you're going to ask us, do we need more charging points, a firm that makes its money providing charging points, you can pretty much tell what the answer is going to be. Yeah, absolutely right. We're really important and everyone needs to get more of our stuff. So um, by hook or by crook, that's going to happen. But I, I think it's... Um, it's a bit like the challenge of how you, how you provide charging for people who don't have off-street parking. I think there is no one-size-fits-all here at all. I, I, I think, we've talked about it already, business models will evolve uh, to make sense of this. Um, it's not super easy to do this at a very significant scale. You know, every site has a fundamental limit in terms of the amount of grid there. We like to use load management at pop points to maximise the amount of infrastructure you can get into any one site. But introducing bigger grid connections, et cetera, usually comes with quite significant cost and, and uh, burdens in terms, of the, in terms of the amount of time and planning and everything that that all takes. Um, so that has to be overcome. And you have to, if you know, if you really want to go to a very substantial scale at certain sites, be that in number of AC chargers, be that in DC. And by the way, we think DC has a very good role in destination as well. It's not just AC. Um, then you need to find a way to make that happen. And, and in DC in particular, we we don't foresee DC charging being free very often at all um, because of the additional cost of that uh, infrastructure. So um, even in our in our Tesco rollout, the AC stuff is provided free of charge, but there are 50 kilowatt units going into those uh, uh, supermarkets where that is viable in terms of grid. Um, and, and those are on, I think, 20, we'll have to check this, but I think it's either 27 or 28p per kilowatt hour at the moment, which we think is rather competitive. Um, but again, you can see even within that one um, application, we evolved the business model that flexes a bit to match each uh, requirement. Thank you. Podpoint comes from a place where you have a developer operator model. Within the report, um, interviewees alluded to the fragmentation of the market. So, you know, some people coming at it from a pure developer point of view or they are purely just a network. Um, so do you have any views on how that has evolved? Um do you think there'll be some consolidation or leaders coming off the back of that? Again, a, a really very broad question. Um, we certainly see more specialists than we do generalists in the market currently. I think if we look around the whole kind of charging ecosystem as we define it, who's active in all those sections, I think probably just ourselves and BP Pulse. Um, you know, whether or not there'd be acquisitions, et cetera, and consolidation um, is probably not for me to say. We've seen some of that, um, obviously, already, and, and you know, that, that may well happen. But I, I wouldn't have a, a particularly strong uh, opinion on that. I think, uh, at point, we, we quite like the way our um, being in, in each part of the ecosystem um, sort of benefits each other, if, if you see what I mean. So we have um, uh, home charge relationships with certain OEMs and Volkswagen actually a partner for our destination rollout with, with Tesco. So, so there's a certain synergy, I guess, um, which, which we like and, and gives us some, some benefits um, uh, across the piece. But then equally, you know, 
some some firms will absolutely specialize in their particular niche and and really focus upon that like and you're, you're talking i guess uh, specifically on the destination side um we see uh i i guess uh, a number of players who want to to own the infrastructure which they don't necessarily make themselves and this is particularly dc players uh, pay to install that at someone's site and then um, they set a fee uh, for the issues to come back and in certain, certain applications we think that, that that makes good sense one of the challenges with that one i think is um does that make sense for you and your customers so let, let's imagine you're a retail park um interaction with the charging infrastructure in that scenario quite often is the very first thing that your customers do it's their first experience of your site they drive to a parking space and they interact with the charging infrastructure you might want to own that and you might want to have quite significant sort of control over the pricing the experience the way they use it you might want to integrate that with some of your loyalty systems something uh, along those lines to make it part of the holistic experience if you just offload that to another firm and say that's yours over there in your area, then you don't have that opportunity anymore. Um, sometimes that's right. Sometimes you don't want it to be anything to do with it. You want it to be someone else's thing. But other times you might want to say, well, no, actually, this is a key part of the experience of using our facility. Uh, and I want to know that I can always set the pricing and I want to know that it can integrate to the experience in the way I want it to. So come back to it again, I guess, and it's horses for courses. It's making sure we've got the right solution for the right destination uh, opportunity. We have seen this growth that we touched on in the start. Um, still a lot more needs to be done. So how can we bring funding into that space and what, what more can be done to accelerate the growth? Yeah, sure. So, so uh, again, I, I, I'd split between a little bit early on talking about charging infrastructure that gets provided to effectively facilitate the arrival of a vehicle and to e-home charging. So, so there's not a ton of mystery on how that's going to happen. More, more cars are going to come to market. You know, I've never been more bullish about the uptake of electric vehicles. Um, Clearly, last you know, about a year ago, we got the 10 point plan. We got the 2030, 2035 uh, deadlines. You know, EVs have spectacular advantages against any other zero emission technology, probably hydrogen. But, you know, BEVs are, are really going to be very dominant in this market. So, so they will arrive. Uh, yesterday, as I speak, we had the confirmation that they'll introduce a zero emission mandate from uh, zero emission vehicle mandate from 2024. Uh, which means we will be able to ramp up the amount of uh, EV product coming to, to to the UK over that period as well. So the cars, the cars are going to come, um, and that's great. And that means that, that there'll be a significant demand for for charging infrastructure. So things like home charging, um, and to some extent workplace charging, etc., are really going to take care of themselves. But what does that mean for the wider market? What does that mean when we're starting to get to, um, you know, millions, literally millions of EVs onto the road? What happens when we're not just talking about 15, 20 percent sales penetration? We're talking about 15, 20 percent um, park, vehicle park. Um, well, that means there's an awful lot of, of vehicles on the road. And that means they're all starting to utilise charging infrastructure to a very significant uh, um, extent. And that makes the proactive investments far more viable. So the, the probably the most um, obvious one of those at the moment is the on-route space. And we're seeing quite a lot of money flowing into the high-powered infrastructure uh, around there. But those models that rely on utilisation are very, very difficult to uh, scale in the early market because you just don't see the utilisation. You don't see the payback. As you start to flood the market with the electric vehicles, they do. 
and you can start to deploy more stuff. So, um, you know, we certainly we see people investing into some sort of on-street technology. So I think that's a challenging environment at the moment, but that might be another one where you might want to preempt the arrival of vehicles. Uh, and as I say, on route and to some extent, destination stuff as well. That those vehicles are the things that are going to make that viable. And um, once that's viable, the funding becomes a lot easier to source. Okay, um, uh, things like infrastructure funds can can start to become uh, start to get real, um, uh, I guess, confidence that they're going to see a return on their investment, and that unlocks a significant amount of, uh, of, of funding that starts to get this done at scale. So. You, you probably tell from where I'm talking. I'm pretty bullish that this gets done. You know, I I, I don't look at this and think, oh no, I, I I don't know how we're going to be able to achieve this. There are hurdles and and, and barriers and challenges everywhere. You look, there's no blockers to this happening. Um, we can go to technical ones. How do you do on street to scale? How do you really scale workplace charging to, to hundreds of, uh, of charges in an individual car park? Uh, and indeed, we can go into a couple of hard ideas for solutions. I think that's probably a bit too granular um, at this point. But the, the overarching structures, how do we get the funding? How do we roll this out? Well, I, I think it's that snowballing chicken and egg. Um, and, uh, you know, I guess the chicken and egg analogy usually is uh, how do you start something? Well, actually, the chicken and egg uh, system works very well, doesn't it? We keep getting chickens that keep producing eggs, that keep producing chickens. And I think we're into that period now of, of, of electric vehicle infrastructure rollout, um, that it's becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy. I think there's still a role for government. I think there's still a role for, for certain incentives. Um, less so maybe on the direct uh, investment side outside of things like the rapid charging fund. I think that that side of it's starting to, to move away as private investment starts to step forward. And that's all to do with um, you know, more and more utilization of charging infrastructure. Just the volume that Podpoint deals with. Um, I, I, I spent a, a two and a bit years working in our operations team uh, um, as head of customer operations around the time we set up our first uh, uh, in-house in, in, uh, installers. And I can't remember the volumes we were dealing with around that time, but I think we went from like a hundred of these um, uh, EVHS, as they call electric vehicle home charging scheme installations, uh, a month up to sort of, I don't know, 300, 400. And, and that, I found that really difficult. You know, that, that was, it was uh, challenging. It was, uh, um, uh, yeah, challenging. I think it's the best way of saying it. That we are more than 10x that. Um, and that's a, a number of years later, and, and, and the rate of growth is is just really quite substantial. Um, so I think that's probably where you you know why I'm feel quite confident in saying this isn't a future thing. This is we are we are doing this right now, and the, the rate of growth is just when you look inside an organisation like Podpoint, um, it, it's impressive, and, and to some extent it's intimidating. Um, you know, it's an incredibly exciting field to be in. Um, and I have immense respect for our operations team and indeed our sales team and everyone else who are trying to deliver this at scale. But that scale is here and, and, and already and, and it's only going to get uh, ever greater. Thank you for that. It's, it's been super interesting to hear your, your perspective on things and so much insight.